I've mentioned before, um, especially when we read the Acts of the Apostles, that there is nothing that will stop the gospel of the Lord from being preached. Uh, you know, sometimes it sort of seems like that, where we're being sort of, <laughs> I don't know, smothered to death as a church almost, is what it feels like at times. But you see, especially in those examples where the apostles are imprisoned, where the Lord does not keep them imprisoned. You know, in spite of those who try to keep chains on them and keep them there, the doors of the prison are, you know, spread wide open for the spreading of the gospel. And in that particular instance, one of the things that's actually happening in that moment is, you know, Paul and Silas, they're praying. So they're praying in the church when this great earthquake happens. In that occurrence is one of the things that allows the guard to actually believe. You know, and at that moment, he thinks he's going to get in trouble, and so, you know, he's about to kill himself. And, you know, Paul says, no, do not harm yourself. You know, and then at that moment, you know, it's so miraculous that he's like, why didn't they run away? Why didn't something happen? You know, it's so overwhelming for him, that experience, that he realizes that there is some sort of power over these men that is different than anything else he's ever witnessed in the world. And he asks him, what what do I need to do to be saved? And, th- and that simple thing, you need to accept, uh, you know, Lord Jesus Christ in your life, you know. And then one of the things that's important for us Catholics, these are some of the texts that are important to realize. Whenever once in a while people um, will give us a hard time about things like infant baptism as a sacrament, but it's examples such as this, and there are numerous, where it says, and then the guard and his whole household were taken into the church. And we realize, especially in the ancient world, a whole household would have been a whole host of children, <laughs> you know, right? A whole household in the ancient world would have had many children in it. It would be very rare that it would be like, oh, and the guard and his wife were baptized into the household that day. You know, you know it was a whole household of people, including the children. And so it's an important thing for us to realize in that moment. One thing that... Uh, had happened yesterday. I was speaking to one of our, our parishioners, and, um, you know, just one of these things you see sometimes, perhaps you have seen this before, and it said that the words listen and silent are spelled with the same letters. It's just kind of one of those funny, weird, you know, weird coincidences in our, in our life, right? You know, I was like, oh, that is kind of something that's funny, but the amazing thing that that actually points to is it was reminding me quite a bit about prayer in our life, about prayer in our life and in in the world that we live in right now. It's just so noisy, (laughs) and we have confirmation tonight for, for, you know, a bunch of young people, and as I was at the rehearsal last night, I could not help but think about this, you know, about listen and silent, Um, and many of you who've, who've spent a lot of time praying perhaps have really realized this in your life that um, there are what we call prayers of petition, you know, asking for things. And a lot of times, um, that's how our prayer life might start, uh, prayers of petition. But then as things kind of move on, we start to realize that the thing we need the most is to be silent so we can actually hear. Uh, You know, again, another one of those sort of maxims, you know, God gave us two ears and one mouth, so we should listen twice as much as we speak. <laughs> yeah, that, that whole concept, right? But 
we realize that if we're always asking, if we're always making these prayers of petition, we're probably spending very little time listening to what the Lord actually has to say to us. Um, one of the things that's so important, and in many of the different orders of the church, Carmelites and Dominicans and different things like that, they use the word contemplation a lot. Something that's completely missing from the large part of the world is contemplation. And what, what is that, really? The only way, really, to, to contemplate is it requires great silence. It really, really does. It's a lot less about asking for things in prayer and a lot more about listening. Uh, in fact, Archbishop Sample's Episcopal motto, so his motto as a bishop, is Voltum Christum uh, Contemplari, which basically means to contemplate the face of Christ. One of the things I had the experience of last night is I, I'm also a sponsor for a young, a young woman for uh, confirmation tonight. And so I was sitting there with her and her mom at the rehearsal last night. And I thought, that's a very foreign idea to us, to contemplate the face of Christ. You know, it's a wonderful and it's a beautiful thing, but it's not easy for people to access, generally speaking. It kind of takes a lot of time to get there, <laughs> you know, to get to that spot. But one of the things that I, I would bring up, perhaps, the, the, that you might think of as we hear in this gospel, you know, unless Jesus returns to the Father till they're face to face, then the Spirit, the Advocate, what these children will receive tonight, you know, the Holy Spirit itself, it can't manifest unless he's back home where he should be. So to contemplate the face of Christ is, is to contemplate our very home itself. But when I was looking at, you know, mom, look at her daughter who is about to be uh, confirmed, I thought about that. Perhaps those of you who are parents, you've looked at your children, uh, e even your spouses, and you, just, you look at their face, and you just think about them. Sometimes, you know, you might see somebody reach out and actually, you know, put your hand on their face. That's sort of what we're trying to get to. That same feeling that you might have with your own children, it's actually look at them, especially when they're young and not bothering you a lot, you know, look at them when they're peaceful or they're sleeping or something like that, and actually sort of contemplate their face. There's something so touching and familiar and in home about that. That's what we're trying to do when we listen and we pray and we contemplate the face of God, is we try to allow that sort of penetrate us that that's where we belong instead of the great noise that surrounds us. And of course, that's my greatest worry <laughs> about all, all of those that are going to be confirmed tonight is that they're at an age and at an exposure in the world where there's a whole lot of noise hitting them. And so I'm just hoping, <laughs> hoping that there'll be enough, you know, silence in their hearts that they can receive the Lord, that they can still hear God in their life instead of all the things that are vying for their attention. But perhaps that's what many of us need the most, is not more asking, not more devotions, per se, but just a little bit of silence and a little bit of time, not for us to ask things of Christ, but for us to hear where he needs to send us. God bless you all.